from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. This isn't happening. Do you think the city currently has enough shelter space this winter? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. No, we we don't. Large agencies, small agencies, volunteers from across the city are just scrambling. I'm not sure what the city is doing, but this is this is not a city effort. This is really off of the strength of people who care enough to say whether or not the city helps us, you know, support us financially. We're just going to make it happen. I'm Sarah Fenske. On January 4th, we talked on this show about the city's failure to fund a no-barrier, safe-haven homeless shelter. St. Louis has received hundreds of millions of dollars in federal COVID relief funds. Yet locals who provide services to homeless people in St. Louis said they were in the same boat as last winter, scrambling to raise private funds to take care of the most vulnerable as cold weather swept into the region. Now, at that point, again, this is on January 4th, providers believed city funding was on the way. The city even identified the nonprofit it was planning to award the funding to, a place in the Ville neighborhood called Bridge of Hope Ministries. One week after that show, though, the city walked away from the deal. The city's director of human services, Yusuf Scoggin, explained why. Ultimately, it was determined that that was not an option that was feasible, both from a overall programmatic structure and then also in full faith of what we like to have, and that is a safe haven at ultimately one site that doesn't provide hardship for individuals as they have to move from one location to another. Yusuf Scoggin told producer Kayla Drake that Bridge of Hope's site would not be open 24-7, and that was the problem for the city. The terms under which needed to be met so that it met what a safe haven is, not only in accordance with the RFP, but also in regard to what the community knows to be a safe haven, were not met. So there was no reason to move forward. And that is Yusuf Skagen, the city's director of human services. Now, since the city walked away from Bridge of Hope, temperatures have again plummeted. And, of course, a major snowstorm blasted the region. Once again, providers scrambled to meet the needs of homeless St. Louisans. And once again, they relied on private funding to do it. And joining us now to talk about what happened is Kelly Braggs. She's the executive director of Bridge of Hope Ministries. Kelly, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Very good. Very good to be on here with you, Sarah. Thanks for having me. So, Kelly, when we talked to the city on January 4th, they said they were in, quote, pre-approval phase. Did you think you were close to finalizing a contract that would see you getting $836,000 in funding? Definitely. We uh, received a provisional award letter stating that we were going to be um, really funded for this Um Aside from some administrative changes within our budget, we were told that we had won the award. Okay, so you thought this was moving forward. And what was your understanding of what this money was going to be going towards? This money was going to work so that we could meet the criteria of the safe haven. So we understood that Bridge of Hope alone um, did not 
operate in a 24-7 manner that was really required. However, we were asked to partner with another local service provider who provides overnight shelters and beds. And so um, it was actually the city who thought holistically it made sense for us to work together so that we could provide the daytime, the low barrier entry into the shelter. Uh, the, the Haven project also allowed for wraparound services. Um, so that way we could try to help individuals become housed. We wanted to make sure that we were offering that case management so that we could assess those needs. Um, but we didn't want to just treat in street. So it made sense that the city would think through far enough um, that we would be partnered with a nighttime agency so that they would have somewhere to stay um, in the interim before being housed. Okay, so the plan was, and when we talk about no barrier, the idea is anybody can come in and access these services. If, if somebody's dealing with a drug problem, if, if somebody's dealing with mental illness, they would still be eligible for this. You were prepared to do that during the day, had a partner to handle the evening. I've got all that right? That is absolutely correct, yes. So <laughs> We were actually in the process of hiring um, when we found out that the contract was being rescinded. So, yeah, this is a total shock to Bridge of Hope. So you were in the process of hiring. You're, you're staffing up. You're getting ready to start doing this. How did you learn things had fallen apart? We received an email um, that simply stated, thank you for your proposal, but we've decided to put this project back in for rebidding, and we ask that you rebid um, again in February. And did they share any concerns, any reasons why they were doing that? There was nothing there was, there was nothing shared. I was able to reach out to um, Dr. Youssef, and he did mention that I guess there had been some conversations of whether or not we really met the criteria. At least his concern was that he really wanted to see this project happen in one location. Our concern from Bridge of Hope is that um, we had a team. There's a team of us, a small team, who really took a lot of time to do some homework on the front end. And so before uh, the RFP actually began, we talked to uh, representatives in the Department of Human Services office just to make sure that we met the criteria before spending the months um, of writing and preparing for this project. And we were told that we did meet it and that we should apply. And so during the negotiations of uh, working through our budget, through negotiations of working um, with the partner that we were asked to work with. At no time did it ever come up that there was a second guess of whether or not we met that criteria or if the um, services were really looking to be held under one, um, one, one facility. And so when we received the email saying that it was going back for rebidding again, that was new news to us. It was a total shock to us um, because none of those conversations had come up. And had they come up at that time, we could have looked to see how maybe we've been able to partner with another building to be able to move our services so that way, you know, it could have met that criteria, but we were not given that option. And we should note here, we were told by the city, you guys were actually the only applicant for this safe haven funding when they put out the RFP for this. You were also a first-time applicant. It sounds like getting up to speed, trying to make sense of this process, this is something you put a fair amount of work into. Oh, there was a lot of work. We we spent months on this. And, I, and again, I have a small team, but I've got board members who spent countless hours. We worked around the clock to make sure that we submitted um, a sound proposal, and we were very much so willing to work with the city to make those adjustments. Um, had we understood that there were adjustments needed, we just didn't get that opportunity. 
So this sounds like some frustration on your end. I mean, when they they pulled the plug on this, there wasn't any chance to say, what could we do to try to fix this? Will you ever apply for this type of of city (laughs) proposal again? Oh, you know, we've had to sit and really, you know, really figure out for our our agency because our agency and I, I just want to give a little bit of context to the listeners our agency have we've been providing these services for the veal for our homeless community for a little over 20 years so this work is not new to us we've been the only day shelter for quite some time in the city so right now bridge of hope is the only place that homeless individuals can come to and just receive respite um you know out of the elements if they would like next steps. We're working with them to take those next steps. Um, So to know that, you know, we're going to continue this work, I think it's important that we we do apply again. I mean, it's very frustrating. It's very disheartening because you don't know when the rules are going to change. You know, you're not sure if you are, it will be awarded and then the award will be rescinded. I mean, in, in this point, Funds had not been received, so the contract was not fully um, not it was not fully complete. But I but I do fear, you know, moving forward, if we do a contract in the future, you know, I understand the city can always change their minds. So that's very scary. Um, but however, in the best interest of the people that we serve, it's necessary that we partner with the city because no other private foundations are funding homelessness, not to the extent um, of being able to operate at a full capacity. So. You know, we're, we're going to have to put our personal feelings to the side and we're going to need to work with the city so that they can receive you the, the, the services. Our community can receive the services that it needs. Um, it will just be important that Bridge of Hope is also very intentional to diversify its revenue. Like we, we can't fully depend on the city. Um, so we're working very hard um, to streamline our services and be very clear whether or not, you know, we ever get city funding where we're, we are. Um, we have strategically gone through some reprogramming so that we understand kind of how we can fit this niche um, and just best serve our clients. So the answer to your question is yes, we will reapply. And and I hope that the the experience is much different than this first go around. Yeah. So you are not ruling the city out as a future partner, but obviously plans for this safe haven, what you were hoping to do this winter, this isn't happening. Do you think the city currently has enough shelter space this winter? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. No, we we don't. I mean, it seems again that agencies are just pulling together large agencies, small agencies, volunteers from across the city are just scrambling um, to make space and to make sure that our unhoused are off the streets. I'm not sure what the city is doing, but this is this is not a city effort. This is really off of the strength of people who care enough to say whether or not the city helps us, you know, support us financially. We're just going to make it happen. And that's what I see happening. It's just people determined to make sure that our unhoused get off the street. So at this point, Yusuf Scoggins told our producer, Kayla Drake, the city has 607 beds. That includes 125 emergency overflow beds that are spread across five different locations. Those are all funded by the city. But we've learned uh, that there are another 140 overflow beds. Those are not funded by the city. Donors have had to step up in those cases. And providers say that they think this current system is unsustainable. We also want to mention these providers rely on a city-run warming bus 
bus to run between shelters, get people to beds at night. And yesterday, the city canceled the warming bus. The word came so late in the day that many providers didn't get the message before they were there at the, at the drop-off site for this bus. We heard this from city spokesman Nick Dunn. He says, quote, the streets department was unable to operate the warming bus due to staffing needed to operate snow plows. However, uh, Department of Human Services staff was present at its location at 13th and Chestnut yesterday to coordinate transportation with cabs and lifts to get the unhoused got to, sh- to ensure the unhoused got to shelter. He says the warming bus will resume operation tonight. So that is some good news. But this has been just some really tough weather out there. And Kelly, I know that this weighs heavily on so many people in the provider community that the city is, that St. Louis just doesn't have enough beds at this point. Mm -hmm. Is this something that you think about as as we're dealing with another night where the high is expected to be two degrees? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When we think about um, this whole project and it going back in for bidding in February, when we are right now in the, and really in a weather crisis, the concern is by the time this project rolls around again, you know, winter will be over. Um, in the meantime, we've already lost a few people on the streets uh, from freezing to death. And, you know, it's very likely that we may lose some more. There are not enough beds. There are not enough service providers. And my hope is that, you know, that the city will really take heed and, you know, something different can happen. Um, because we're all here to just make sure that our homeless, they're off the street, that they get the services that they need. Um, but this is an immediate crisis, Sarah, right now. Well, Kelly Braggs, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me on here. I appreciate the opportunity. And Kelly is the executive director of Bridge of Hope Ministries in the Citysville neighborhood. This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.